tonight for the reading of God's word. We're going to the book of Nehemiah, chapter 4. <clears throat> We're also going to read uh, from the from 1 Corinthians, chapter 16. Nehemiah chapter 4, and beginning at verse 4. Nehemiah 4, beginning at verse 4. Hear, O our God, for we are despised, and turn their reproach upon their own head, and give them for prey in the land of captivity. And cover not their iniquities, and let not their sin be blotted out for, from before thee. For they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof. For the people had a mind to work. But it came to pass that when Symbalat and Tobiah and the Arabians, and the Edomites, Am Ammonites, I'm sorry, and the Ashdites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped. Then they were very wroth and conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Now let's turn to the book of 1 Corinthians we're going to read one scripture from the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 16. First Corinthians, chapter 16, and verse 9, this is what Paul said, For a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. By the help of the Holy Ghost tonight, I want to talk about dealing with the spirit of opposition. Dealing with the spirit of opposition. You can be seated tonight in the house of the Lord. <clears throat> opposition is no new thing tonight. Um, you'll read throughout the scripture you'll find out that there were always there was always opposition when God was trying to do something in people's lives God was trying to put things together and bring people to a a good place in him you'll find out that there were always those that opposed themselves and rose up against what God was trying to do and how God was trying to save and, and make up the hedge and, and bring people into a good place and begin to establish good things in people's lives. Um, you'll read here, um, not only here in the book of Nehemiah where we read, but you'll read um, in the book of Ezra, as Ezra had to deal with opposition as well. The Bible says that um, they were beginning to build uh, the temple, the house of the Lord, uh, to rebuild things. And there were those that were in the land, 
and they wanted to come along and and they wanted to help build as well. Um, and then, but Ezra, they had to set them straight and let them know that you have no part of this work um, and the building of this work. And, and said, so you will not help us. We will build the house of our God. And you'll find out that the people that they, they left, the Bible says that they hired counselors and, and different ones to come along and frustrate their purpose to stop what God was trying to bring to pass in people's lives, to hinder, um, to hold it up, to keep it from moving forward. I'm going to tell you, the devil doesn't like God's work going forward. The devil doesn't like when people uh, break free from sin. He doesn't like when we have Holy Ghost services uh, like we had this morning. He doesn't like when nine first-time visitors shows up in one service and the Holy Ghost falls in a mighty way and people are touched and people want to learn and know more about the things of God and want to and can testify that God is certainly in this place. The devil doesn't like that. And the devil wants to stop that. The devil wants, he doesn't want that to happen. He doesn't want people to come to the knowledge of the truth. He doesn't want people to know that there's only one God and that his name is Jesus. People, he wants people to continue to be confused and thinking that there are three gods and that somewhere God is the, Jesus is the second person in this so-called trinity that the Bible doesn't teach. And it's, you'll never find that word nowhere in the scripture. And people are confused to the point that they can't even explain it themselves. And when they explain it, they say, well, you know, it's, it's confusing. It's a mystery. Ain't nothing a mystery concerning who God is. There's only one God. And that his name is Jesus. Timothy, Paul said it like this. He said, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. He was justified in the spirit. He was seen of angels. He was preached unto the Gentiles. And he was received up unto glory. Ain't no mystery about that. There's only one God. And that that mighty God came in flesh. And that his name is Jesus Christ. There ain't no mystery. There ain't no way of not solving it. The Bible says it plainly. But you know, the devil don't want people to come to that knowledge. He doesn't want people to understand that. He wants people to constantly be confused and, and believe in everything. He doesn't want people to know that except you're born of the water and of the spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That you're going to have to, at some point or another, you're going to have to repent of your sins and you're going to have to lay it down. You'll find out that John the Baptist came preaching repentance. Jesus Christ came preaching repentance. They said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. I'm going to tell you, the kingdom of God is here. It's at hand. And, and there's no better time to get your sins remitted. There's no better time to lay those sins down and turn away from them and let God do something great in your life. Let God turn you around. Let God put you on that straight and narrow path. Let God fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost 
and let God lead and guide you into all truth. You know what? It's one thing to be led and guided. But you know what? It's another thing to be led and guided into all truth. And only the Holy Ghost can lead you and guide you into all truth. Other things will lead you to believe in a lie and believe in that which is false. But the Holy Ghost will lead you on the path that will lead you to truth. I want the truth tonight. I believed enough lies in my life. I, I've had enough people that have lied to me and told me things that were not true and told me of things that are not right. I want the truth tonight. I want the word of God tonight. I want God's plan for my life. I want his purpose. I want his good spirit. I want the things of God tonight. You can be seated. So you'll find out that the devil mastermind at trying to hinder and stop God's plan from going forth. You know, the devil shows up at church too, right? The devil comes to church, believe it or not. He comes to church, and I've seen the devil work through different people in church and to try to stop and to try to hinder the move of God from happening and taking place where the Holy Ghost can begin to move in this place and, and people's lives are touched and changed for the good. You know, the devil will try to work on you as well. He'll try to work on me as well and tell me, well, you know, you don't need to praise God like that. You don't need to lift up your hands. You don't need to open up your mouth like that. That is not required. And see, here's what you got to understand. You got to know that the devil is a liar and a father of lies. Because everything the devil tells you, you don't need to do. Guess what? The Bible teaches that we need to do it. The Bible tells us to lift up our hands in the sanctuary. It don't tell us to keep our hands down to our side. It tells us to lift up our hands. The word of God tells us to shout unto God with the voice of triumph. The Bible teaches that we are supposed to offer up a loud praise, not a quiet and a, a whispering praise, but it's supposed to be loud. It's supposed to be energetic. It's supposed to be vibrant. Honey, we ain't in a cemetery tonight. We ain't in a dead place tonight. Come on, our God is alive, and you know what? We are supposed to be alive. The Bible said that we are lively stones. We ain't dead stones here tonight. We are alive, honey. I come to be alive tonight. I come to get my hands in the air. I come to open up my mouth and cry out to God and let God know that I need him. See, but the devil will trick people in thinking, you don't need to do that. And it's all an attempt to stop God's presence. It's all an attempt to stifle the move of God. You know, the Bible says quench not the spirit, right? It teaches us that we're not supposed to quench the spirit. We're supposed to allow the spirit to have its way. We're supposed to allow God to come in and do what it is that he wants to do. See, because you're reading the Bible where the Bible says that Jesus, he showed up into a certain city. And that city was the city that he grew up in. And so he came to heal and to save people. But when he came, they were so lacking faith, they were in a state of doubt that they couldn't believe that this was the one that was performing all of the miracles that they were hearing about. They said, is this not uh, Joseph's son is it, it's not his, his brother and his sisters 
are there not here with us? And so the Bible says because of their unbelief that Jesus couldn't do no great work, all he could do was just heal a few people. I want you to know that Jesus, when he shows up, he shows up to do a great work. He don't show up just to touch a couple of people. He shows up to touch everybody. And I come to let Jesus know that I believe in what you're trying to do in this house tonight. I don't want to be lacking faith tonight. I want my faith to be high tonight and understand what God wants to do. God wants to save you. God wants to deliver you. God wants to heal your troubled mind. And I didn't come to quench the spirit. The Bible says he came unto his own and his own receive him not let that not be said about me and you tonight I didn't come to disown Jesus I come to welcome him in tonight and let him know have your way in my heart have your way in my mind I submit to your will tonight I submit to your purpose I submit to what you want to do let that not be said about me because he's here tonight. Somebody say, well, I can't see him. <laughs> you need to stop. You, you need, you, you. I see you're from uh, St. Louis. They say St. Louis is the show me state. Well, I got news for you. You ain't going to see him. But you better have some faith tonight. And if you have some faith tonight, before you leave here, you will feel him. You will feel his presence. You will feel his touch. You will feel his anointing. Honey, I don't go about what I see tonight. The Bible says we're not supposed to walk by sight, but we're supposed to walk by faith. I know what I feel. I know what the Holy Ghost feels like. I know what strength and power feels like. And that ain't no coincidence. That don't just happen. God is in the house tonight. I said he's in the house tonight. You better act like he's here tonight. You better act like you know he's in the house tonight. You better give him some praise. You better lift up your hands and lift up your voice like you know he's here. He is here tonight. He said where two or three are gathered in my name. We're not here in our own name. We're not here in anybody else's name. We're here in the name of Jesus. He said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So he is here. He's here. His presence is here tonight. But you know, the devil being the devil, he wants to stop. He wants to hinder things. He wants to stop things from moving forward. And so you read where Nehemiah, Nehemiah, he is, he's the cupbearer, and he's bringing the cup to the king, and the king notices that Nehemiah, something is different about Nehemiah, that it's not like other times when he brings the king his cup. And the, the king notices that Nehemiah's countenance is fallen. And he knows this is not because of any kind of sickness. But Nehemiah is troubled. He is disturbed in his spirit. 
And he reveals to the king how that back home in Jerusalem, things are destroyed. The gates have been burnt down. The walls have been torn apart. They uh, have been knocked down. Everything is desolate. And Nehemiah has a desire to go back and to do a work for the Lord, to rebuild things, to restore things. As he knows, you got to understand that they had already had the prophecies about how that one would come and save his people. And so they are trying to hold on to this. They're trying to hold on to God's word. And, and so they have, he has a desire to go and to rebuild things and get things back in line and back in order the way that they should be. And so after talking with the king, the king gives him a leave to go back and to begin to work and do the things of God. You'll find out that when, now you would expect that when it comes down to a work of God and building God's kingdom, you would expect everybody to be happy. You would expect that everybody would be on board. You would expect that everybody would be excited. You would expect that everybody would want to put their hands to the plow. You would expect everybody would want to be a part as they understand that it's a great work. The kingdom of God and being involved in God's kingdom, whether it's ministry or whatever it is, and whether it's cleaning toilets, mopping the floors, okay, vacuuming, it is a great work when it's all said and done. It is a great work. And, but you'll find out that as Nehemiah gets back and he starts, they start building things. And you'll find out that there were those that criticized them. There were those that tore them down. There were those that despised what they were doing, or what they were trying to accomplish, and simply just believing God, just going forth and putting, th and putting things together and trying to work at things and just seeing what God is going to do. Let's see what God's going to do. Let's see what God brings to pass. And here we read in Nehemiah chapter 4, where, the, where he says that Sambalan and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and Ashtites, that they heard the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped. Then they were very wroth and conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. And so they didn't like what was happening. They didn't like that God, that things was being built back up. I'm going to tell you, the devil doesn't like when God starts building things in your life, when God starts establishing good things in your life. The devil doesn't like it. And whatever he has to do, he's going to try to stop it. He's going to try to hinder it. He's going to try to tear it down and tear it apart. You understand this, you'll see this all throughout the Bible to where we come to 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 9. The Apostle Paul, he is talking about the effectual door that has been opened up to him. You, you know what that means? That means that God had opened up a door for a great work to be done. And he said, 
God has opened up an effectual door. He said, but there, there be many adversaries. There are many adversaries. There are many that will impose themselves to try to stop what God is trying to do and what God is trying to establish. Listen, after the kind of service we had this morning and all of the new people that, we came, that came in, understand God is trying to do a work. It's not a mediocre work. It's a great work. Understand that there is an effectual door that is being opened up. And God has in mind to do a great work. But you can never forget that there are many adversaries that want to stop God's work, that want to stop the kingdom of God from moving forward. Oh, yeah, there are devils that are trying to stop God's plan from coming to pass in people's life. But I come to put the devil on notice tonight. Not in my church. Not amongst my church family. We are not allowing it to happen. Honey, we are going to be about our father's business. We are going to be about this great work. We are going to continue to have Holy Ghost services. We are going to continue to bless God with all of our hearts. We are going to continue to knock doors. We are going to continue to teach Bible studies. We are going to continue to be about our Father's business because it is a great work. It is an effectual work. It can't no devil in hell stop the work of God. No devil. Not one. Not one. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in here tonight. I feel the Holy Ghost in here tonight. Oh, somebody got to make it up in their mind. Not me. Not my house. We will not let the devil tear things apart. But we will stand for what is right. We will stand for what is holy. We will stand for what is acceptable in God's sight. We will. We will. We will. You can be seated tonight. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. And I feel like preaching it like I feel it tonight. We're going to send the devil packing tonight. We're going to let the devil know that there's no, there's no room for him to hear tonight. Come on, this is God's house. This is a house of prayer. This ain't the gossip house. This ain't the bitterness house. This is the house of prayer. This is the kingdom of God. This is the work of God. This is the work of God. Somebody got to make it up in their mind that I don't care what everybody else is doing. I'm going to stand for what is right and true. I'm going to stand for what is right and true. I'm going to stand for what I know is right. God's word is right. There ain't no question about it. You can be seated tonight. So, all throughout the scripture. You see this. You see this happening. You see that God is trying to do something in people's lives. And you see the devil rising up and speaking through people, Lord, standing and trying to resist and hinder. You know, the devil loves to come around dig up stuff, stir things up, keep things going. He loves to do that. He loves to come and 
remind people of the past and of their past and things of that nature to try to hinder and keep people from moving forward and keep things from going in the right direction. He loves to do that. You'll read in the scripture where you're reading the book of Zechariah, chapter 3, and you'll read how that the high priest, Joshua, how that he stood before the Lord. But the Bible says that as he stood before the Lord, somebody showed up to resist him right at his right hand. Satan stood up, showed up to try to resist him, to hinder, to stop. As God had promised, things being restored and rebuilt, and there is the devil showing up, trying to hinder things. To the point where the Bible says that Joshua stood there, and Joshua stood there 50 garments. He stood there 50 garments. And the Lord spoke up, and the Lord said, see, because here's the thing. When the devil comes running his mouth, you ain't got to say nothing. You ain't got to say nothing. The, the Lord will put him right in his place. When he comes around telling you that going to that church is a waste of time, don't you worry about it. God's going to put him in his place. When he comes around telling you, you don't need to be baptized in Jesus' name. You don't need that Holy Ghost. Don't you worry about it. Don't you pay him any mind. You just keep believing. You keep holding on. When he tells you, well, you ain't got to live all like holy and righteous. It don't take all of that. You just keep letting him talk. And the Lord is going to take care of him. The Lord spoke up. And he said that I rebuke thee, Satan. It said those words are very familiar because you're reading the book of Jude where he came around, he's still up to his same old shenanigans, same old tactics, same old tricks. He comes looking for the bones of Moses. He want to dig it back up. He want the people to worship and, 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 and magnify Moses that in them worshiping and magnifying Moses they fall into idolatry. He wants to dig those bones back up. And the Bible says that Michael, the same Michael that kicked him out before, stands before him and he rails, railing accusations. It's amazing how the devil loves how to throw out railing accusations. But you know what? You don't have to say anything because the Lord will rebuke the devil. Honey, let him keep throwing all of his accusations all he wants. Guess what? My hands are still in the air. My voice is still lifted. I'm still magnifying the Lord. I'm still running the aisles. I'm still leaping for joy. I'm still about my father's business. The Lord is going to take care of the enemy and all of his false accusations. I don't have to worry about it. All I got to do is keep my eyes on the prize. All I got to keep is keep my mind fixed on Jesus. Jesus, you let him bring, you let him say what he wants. Because it's just the devil. It's just the devil trying to stop, trying to hinder, trying to stop God's kingdom from moving forward. But let me remind somebody of what Jesus said. 
He said, upon this rock will I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against me. I want you to know a church that is built on the name of Jesus, the devil can do whatever he wants. He can say whatever he wants to, honey. We're going to still be standing. We're going to still be praising. We're still going to be magnifying the Lord. We're still going to be praising our God. You let him try whatever he wants to, honey, it ain't going to work. The church is going to win. The church is going to be victorious. You let him try. He wasting his time. He's already defeated. You need to remind him that he's already defeated. Hell waits for him. He's already defeated. The church is going to win. You hold on. You stay rooted and grounded. You stay planted in the house of the Lord. The church is going to win. The church is going to win. It's going to win. You can be seated tonight. I feel the Holy Ghost in here. My Lord. Praise God. <coughs> Praise God. And so, all throughout the Bible, you see this. You'll read in the book of Acts. If I'm not mistaken, Acts chapter 13, you'll read where God's people, the apostles, they're there. They're, they're trying to spread the gospel. They're trying to, you know, Bring the good news, convert people, turn them from the power of Satan unto the power of God. And you read the Bible says that there was one, there was one phony, there was one fake, one false prophet by the name of Bar-Jesus, a sorcerer. And the Bible says that with him there was a deputy. But the deputy was different from Bar-Jesus. The deputy had a desire to know truth. He desired to know truth. And he, he began to seek out Paul and, and if I'm not mistaken, Barnabas for, for, for the word, the word of God. And the Bible says that when Bar-Jesus saw this and when he, he saw what was taking place, the Bible says, matter of fact, you know what? Let's turn there. Let's, let's, let's turn there. There's nothing like. I want us to see this because you'll find out that some people think that you use the word of God to whatever. Um, but you, we, we need to see how Paul handled this. Let's turn to Acts chapter 13. And um, we're going to see this here. Because, listen, when you understand that the devil is at work, when you understand that the devil is trying to hinder, he's trying to stop people from coming to the knowledge of the truth, he's trying to stop the work of God from moving forward, you can't play, you can't play patty cake with the spirit. You, you can't play around with the devil. And the devil, as long as you lie the devil to, the devil will sneak and hide 
He'll do all of these kind of things. You got to pull the covers off the devil and let the devil know that you see him and let him know that you're not going to allow him to stop and to hinder what God is trying to do. People say, well, I think that's kind of mean. Well, you would have you completely disagreed with Jesus. You would have completely disagreed with Jesus because the Bible says that when Jesus was telling his disciples about what was going to happen to him, how wicked hands was going to take him and crucify him, Peter is thinking that he was doing some good thing, but he was completely ignorant, had no idea of who was speaking through him or working through him. He said, no, Lord, that ain't going to happen, God. We not, not so, Lord. And Jesus turned around to him. He didn't say, get behind me Peter he said get thee behind me Satan he realized that there was a devil trying to stop him from going to that cross and dying on that cross so that we would have an opportunity to be here tonight honey you gotta look at the devil and let him know that I see you hiding behind those eyes and you're not getting away with it we're not gonna let you run rampant in our church we're not gonna let you talk people out of their faith and out of the heart Holy Ghost experience. We're not going to let it happen. It's not going to happen. You can go down the street with that. That ain't happening here. You can go around the block with that. That ain't happening here. We ain't letting it go. We ain't letting it happen. Not here. So if you don't like that, you would have completely disagreed with Jesus. Jesus was compassionate, yeah. We believe in compassion. But if you read the Bible enough, you'll find out that there were times to lay aside that passion, that compassion, and, and be direct and firm with it as he understood what the devil was trying to do. He understood that. He understood that. Acts chapter 13. And let's see here. Verse, let's begin at verse 8. But Elymas the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, okay? So he withstood them. He was opposing. He was an opposing force. He withstood them seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. So the deputy, he wanted to understand more about this faith more about this truth but the sorcerer Simon the sorcerer he withstood them he opposed themselves seeking to turn the deputy away from the faith let's see how Paul addressed him then Saul who also is called Paul filled with the Holy Ghost so Paul wasn't doing this in the flesh Okay, Paul was full of the Holy Ghost. Okay, the devil don't like Holy Ghost authority. He was full of the Holy Ghost. Let's listen to what he said. Set his eyes on him and said, Oh, full of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, my Lord, thou enemy of all righteousness. Will thou not cease to pervert the right 
ways of the Lord. All the devil wants to do is pervert the right ways of the Lord. All he wants to do is talk people out of their faith and pull them away from the knowledge of God. Somebody got to make it up in their mind that we are going to let the devil know, not here, not in my house, not in my home, not in my children, not in my church. We're not letting it happen, honey. You got to go out of here. This is a house of prayer. This is the house for the Holy Ghost to be and this is the presence of the Lord. You can be seated. He withstood them. He opposed himself. You got to know how to deal with the spirit of opposition. You got to know that you can't play, play no games. You got to know that there's the devil. That ain't my mom. That's the devil. That ain't, listen, and you ain't calling your mom a devil, but there is a devil that is working on her and causing her to speak the things that she's speaking. You can't, Jesus looked at him. Jesus laid his eyes on Peter. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. Get behind me. He wasn't calling Peter a devil, but he was recognizing and identifying that the devil is working through Peter, speaking through Peter. You got to know that. We said it this morning. It's not hard to discern between good and evil. It's pretty easy when you're walking in the Lord. You're you, you admitting that this is not right. This is not according to God's will and God's plan and God's word. It's not hard. You know what is of God and what's not of God. We've been in church long enough. And, and you know what? It ain't even got to be with, about church. Unbelievers know what's right and what's not right. So it ain't all about being in church. We know your conscience tells you that wasn't right. I shouldn't have gotten, I shouldn't have, oh, I shouldn't have talked about that. That ain't right. I shouldn't have went there. That is not right. You know, we, we know. In our heart of hearts, we know. We know. You'll read. But it's all an attempt to talk people out of the faith. You'll read where Paul, he was talking to Timothy. And he was warning, warning Timothy about some things. And he brought up the names of two by the name of Hymenius and Philetus. And he talked about how that their words were like a canker. You know what a canker is? That's like a form of cancer. Gangrene. You know what gangrene is, right? It destroys. Eats away at things. And he said, that's what their words are like. It's like a canker. And he said, by the things that they're talking about and the things that they're saying, because with them, they was talking about the resurrection had already came. And it wasn't the case. And he said, because of this, they overthrow many's faith with the words that they're saying. The things that they're coming out of their mouth is, is causing people to lose out on faith. It's causing people to throw away their faith and, and no longer believe this anymore. Talking about an opposition force that causes people to lose out with God and causes them to throw away faith and throw their faith to the wayside and, and no, no longer believe in the things of God or the word of God. God and the Holy Ghost and church and, and the good things of the Lord. 
talk them out of their faith. You got to know how to deal with that spirit of opposition. You can't negotiate with it. You can't play no games with it. You got to keep being about your father's business. You'll find out that they came to Nehemiah. He said, hey, come down and talk with us. He said, I can't come down. I can't come down from the wall. You ain't got nothing to talk about. You ain't, ain't nothing you got to say I want to hear in the first place. Honey, we're about a great work here. And the Bible says, so they built the wall. Honey, somebody got to make it up in their mind. Let the devil do what they want, what he wants to do, honey. Our hands are going to continue to be to the plow. We're going to continue to build the wall. We're going to continue to be about God's great work. We're going to continue. Let the devil do what he wants to do. Let him say what he wants to say. God will take care of it. God will take care of it. God will handle it. God has it all. I believe that tonight. God has it all under control. Don't let anything or anyone talk you out of your faith. You make it up in your mind. God saved me. He pulled me out of that horrible pit. He pulled me out of the miry clay. The Hezekiah said it like this. The Bible says, he said that, I said it this morning. He said, he cast my sins behind his back. That means God don't remember it anymore. How can I go back to the old lifestyle after all God has forgiven me for? How can I go back to this world? How can I go back to the beggarly elements? How can I? I can't. I got to make it up in my mind. I'm moving forward. I'm staying on the straight and narrow path. Jesus saved me. Guess what? I want to stay saved. Jesus planted me in the church. I want to stay in the church. Jesus filled me with his Holy Ghost. I want to stay full of his spirit. I want to stay full of his spirit. Be seated. People that go back don't realize all that was done for them. God saved me more more ways than one. Huh. I'm talking about accidents. God saved me. I'm talking about putting myself in some dangerous situations. In my ignorance and my foolishness, God still had mercy on me. There's no way I'm going to go back. No way I'm going to go back to hypocrisy. No way I'm going to go back to rebellion. God delivered me from that junk, and I want to stay delivered. I said it before, I'm going to say it again tonight. Don't let the devil fool you in causing you to think that you're in control. You are in control of nothing. You are being controlled, but you are in control of nothing. Anybody want to talk about being controlled? And I said it this morning. There's something that's going to control you. Either it's going to be the Holy Ghost or it's going to be the devil. I made up in my mind I want the Holy Ghost to control me. I made up in my mind I want the Holy Ghost to lead and guide me and direct me. Without it, I am lost. Without it, I'm miserable. Without it, I have no hope. I need God's presence. I need God's spirit. I need the church more than ever. I need prayer more than ever. I need the word of God more than ever. I have not got to a point where I don't need to pray any longer. I need to pray more. I have not got to a point where I don't need the word of God anymore. I need it more than ever. I have not got to a point where I don't need church. Honey, I need church like I need air to breathe. I can't make it without God. I can't make it without his spirit. I can't make it without his guidance. The 
Don't let the devil deceive you. Don't let him deceive you. Let us remain standing tonight. <coughs> Somebody got to make it up in their mind. Yeah, I'm not going to allow the devil to use me to tear down the things of God. I'm not going to allow the devil to use me to run down the people of God. I'm not going to allow the devil to use me to frustrate the purpose. Because listen, it's not our purpose. It's not ours that we've thought up and that we've came up with. This is God's plan. God, listen, don't ever forget that God is in the business of saving people. And I'm going to tell you, God's spirit is going to continue to draw people in, the people that he wants here. As you see this morning, can't no devil in hell, can't no mockery, can't no negative words stop what God wants to do in people's lives. The devil is wasting his time. Don't be his puppet. Don't let him use you. The devil is only trying to use people, and he's going to throw them aside, and he's on to the next one. On to the next life to destroy. I want to be used by God. I want to be used to build the things of God. You know, they talked about Nehemiah and them. You know, they talked about them, right? They said, these feeble Jews, what they think they're doing? What they trying to build? Even a fox can knock down their wall. It's amazing the sarcasm that comes out of so-called believers. It's amazing. It's amazing the sarcasm that comes out of people's mouths. It's amazing how people think you have to have to be all of this high educated one to be able to do a work for God. Do you know that those weren't the people that God went to? You realize the men that he chose and that he picked that preached on the day of Pentecost, you realize they was mere fishermen, right? There was only one that was really educated and that was Paul and he said he was one that was born out of season. And when he came to Jesus, the Bible says, oh, he, count, he counted all of that stuff as dog. It was lost. It wasn't nothing but cow manure. That's all it was. It was worthless. It didn't amount to nothing. When he found the truth, when he found what was worth living for. And so, it's amazing the people that think you got to be all of this. You got to be some high one. You got to have all of these plaques on your wall to be able to do something for God. You got to have all of these letters behind your name. You got to be this and that. It's amazing what we've turned the work of God into what it's supposed to be about. It's amazing. But you'll find out there's only one thing that you need. You don't need, and I'm not, I'm not saying don't get your education, but I don't, I'm telling you, you don't need that to do a work for God. Amen. You don't need that for God to use you. Yeah, you get that, that'll work for this life, but a lot of times it doesn't work when it comes down to God's kingdom building God's kingdom. But you'll find out the Bible says that as they are preaching all throughout Jerusalem, they're being persecuted, 
They're being thrown into prison. They're being opposition. They don't want to hear about Jesus. They don't want the work of God to move forward. They say, man, they've turned our city upside down. No, they turned it right side up. It was already upside down. And so they stood there, and they was talking about them, and they said, we, and the Bible says that they realized that these cats, hey, they unlearned. They ignorant. They, They ignorant. They are just unlearned. But you know something? It was something that they couldn't deny. Yeah. Yeah, they was ignorant. They didn't have the education that you had. But they couldn't deny one thing. And I'm going to tell you, it's the most important thing. They couldn't deny that they had been with Jesus. I'm going to tell you, all you need to do is get along with Jesus. And I promise you, Jesus will do in your life. Jesus will instill wisdom in your life that no textbook can. Jesus will give you power, authority. He will give you a knowledge that no textbook, no classroom can. Honey, I don't need to be all of that in this world. All I need to be is along with Jesus. All I need to be is in a relationship with Jesus. And honey, like Paul said, I can do all things. I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I can stand for what is right. I can stand against opposition. I can look the devil in his face and let him know, you don't scare me. I'm not afraid of you. I'm not backing down. I'm standing for what is right. And God's way is right. It is true. No doubt about it. I don't care who says what. God's way is right. Somebody lift up your hands and call upon the name of the Lord. Make it up in your mind. I'm not going to let the devil talk me out of serving God. I'm not going to let the devil talk me out of my experience. I'm not going to allow the devil to talk me out of church. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to let him know. I'm not backing down. I'm not giving up. I'm not throwing in a towel. I'm not backsliding. I'm going to stand for what is right and for what is true. Because God, God's got plans. God's got plans. Honey, I want to be a part of God's plan tonight. I want to be a part of God's purpose and God's will tonight. This altar is open. Come down with your heart lifted with your hands.